This podcast is provided for general information only and assumes a certain level of knowledge of financial markets. It is not an invitation to make an investment and should not be construed as advice. The views in this podcast are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily reflect those of 91. The value of investments can fall as well as rise and losses may be made. In South Africa, 91 is an authorised financial services provider. With me today is Duncan Coombe. Duncan is the head of human capital at 91 in London. And today we're talking about a presentation which Duncan kindly sent me a couple of days ago. It's called The Power of a Secure Base. Duncan, thank you very much for that. And I'm going to be very prescriptive here and very methodical and go through a slideshow that you sent me. But maybe you could just describe what you mean by the power of a secure base, first of all. Thank you for having me on, and and it's and, and it's good to be having the conversation. It's a pleasure. Um, I think what I would say as well, just by way of introduction, before describing the concept of secure base, is that I am was giving this presentation. Yes, uh, I have the role of head of human capital at ninety one, but the background to this uh, is that the concept comes out of some research that I did with some colleagues, and then I wrote that I a book that I wrote with some colleagues a few years ago about this idea. Um, and part of my identity as well is uh, teaching at a business school. And so it's very much within that context of thinking about leadership from a research um, perspective that I was doing this presentation. So to your question, what is the idea of, of, of secure base and, and why it's important? Well, what we know from the moment we are born until the moment that we die, and this is uh, you know, something that people just intuitively understand, but certainly the research supports it from what we know about early childhood development to the worlds of education, to the world of learning musical instruments, sports, and the area where I've been interested in that of leadership is that for human beings to grow and develop and flourish and thrive in the world, we do that the best when we have a secure base. And a secure base is a human being who comes along into our life, who does two things for us at the same time. And they sometimes sound like they're contradictory, but they're actually complementary. And what it is, is that on the one hand, that person cares for us, protects us, looks after us, provides safety, comfort, love, depending on the context. But the real secure bases in our life don't only do that. They do that in the service of us also exploring, challenging, growing, taking risks. And so these secure bases are these interesting people. Think of parents, think of grandparents, think of the best teachers, the best sports coaches, the best leaders. They do this really interesting thing on, on the one hand, I've, I've got you. I'll protect you. To expect a lot of you. I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to push you. Uh, I'm going to. I'm going to almost insist on exploration, and and that's the essence of secure base. And when we have those people in our lives, we can go and grow and learn and explore the world um, in the most optimal conditions. So what you're saying is that a base has many facets. In other words, I mean, if you if you build a building, if you're building a skyscraper, you have to have a solid base. You have to have foundations. But the foundation of the human condition, which is what you're speaking about now, has many different layers of that foundation. It can be emotional. It can be physical. In other words, where you live, it can be a moral base. It can be a loving base. And, and so it goes on. 
Absolutely. And so this concept of we need the base in order to explore. We need the foundation. We need safety. Um, and, and whatever that is, and in this case, the concept of secure base is, is a person, but we cannot just go and just take on challenge, take on risk, if there isn't a fallback position, if there isn't a hand on the shoulder, uh, whatever, whether that's a skyscraper with very deep foundations to go as high as it can. Um, it, it, is, it is just essential for all growth and exploration. And in a business world, um, I argue that that's also true for innovation, uh, for creativity, uh, and for sustained organizational success. If all you're doing is saying, build the, build the skyscraper higher, build it higher, build it higher, but the foundations haven't been built, uh, you really are building organizations um, uh, on pretty shaky ground. Okay. The power of a secure base during lockdown and always is one of your slides in the presentation that you <laughs> sent me. Um, but what you've said uh, in, in your introduction, when you qualified what your position was at 91, head of human capital, your mm. book is called Care mm. to Dare, which you co-wrote. Mm. But it mm -hmm. seems to me that even though that book was written and published a few years ago, it is even more relevant today. But how more relevant it is because of lockdown? Mm. So... You know, I think I think lockdown and and coronavirus. Uh, let's use those words interchangeably for now, because what this quite extraordinary last period has done is that it has created a situation where human beings are collectively unsafe. Okay, we are in a situation where where the only way we can be safe at the moment is in a lockdown situation. For those of us who are in the lockdown. As human beings, when safety, basic, basic safety is in question, our ability to be expansive, growthful, seek opportunities, takes risk is massively diminished. Okay. And so this moment of lockdown, this moment of coronavirus is one of those moments where, where as human beings, safety is, is in question. That leads to anxiety levels going up. And therefore, what are our secure bases? And this is it's fine in the lockdown phase when we've essentially just said safety is the only thing that matters. But we can't, you know, hide under the bed and put masking tape on our windows for the rest of our lives. So now opening up around the world, around how do we rework this? How do we go back into the world? The question is, how do we stay safe? But how do we also go back into the world? How do we actually take risk again? And this combination of then during the lockdown, but in fact probably more relevant even as we talk here today, is how do we stay safe but, but again take risk? And that's why um, it's been an important conversation, certainly in, in an organization like 91, but all organization and all families, is, is, is keeping alive these two dimensions of the absolute necessity for safety. It's very similar. But we can't hide under our beds. No, we can't. And of course, it's very similar the way you say, how do we get out of it? It's very similar to the central banks getting out of quantitative easing, which they've been indulging in for so many years now. How do they get out of that with quantitative tightening, if that's the right phrase? So how do we get out of a situation which probably in the history of humankind has never mm -hmm. been experienced before? And one of your, um, I think the sixth 
slide of your presentation says the following secure base drivers and i can't quite understand it it says high challenge at the top low bonding on the left high bonding on the right and at the bottom uh, low challenge maybe you could uh, try and verbally describe what you mean by this slide yeah well as is the trick of all uh, academics and the output of all research is that uh, there's no harm in uh, turning the, the a complex subject or the world into a two by two so, mm -hmm. so this was this was our effort to do that so let's think about those two dimensions the two drivers of being a secure base um, and let's use very simple language of safety being the one dimension and risk taking on the other Okay, and you can there feel, therefore on the one side feel on the one end of the safety continuum be completely safe, i.e. everything is focused on protection and safety. And on the other end of that continuum, you would be um, in a situation where safety is, is not felt. Then add in the concept of risk and challenge. Uh, in psychology, originally, this was the concept of the child exploring the world. Um, that could be high exploration, high risk taking, uh, and then and then on the other end of that. So, in imagine the top right hand corner. This is a situation where, and again, this is where they are complementary. I both feel that there is enough protection, and the need for safety is honoured. But I am also going to take some steps and some risk into the world. So that would be a top right-hand corner of that chart, if you could picture it. Yes. The top left-hand corner would be and where it is all about exploration, challenge, and risk-taking, and the safety has been minimized. The protection has been minimized. Bottom right-hand corner would be all the safety in the world, uh, but the risk-taking, the challenge, uh, and the exploration has been minimized. And the interesting thing as an organization, as a leader, is how do I introduce these two drivers as a leader? And which way do and and what does that look like in the spoken language? So the top left-hand corner would be a leader or a parent that would just say to people during coronavirus, look, you all just need to toughen up. Yeah. Just just get on with it. I'm not interested. At the end of the day, you know, herd immunity will take care of this problem. We can't, uh, we can't all hide under the beds. We just need to get on with this thing now. And it's business as usual. And uh, the quicker we get on with life, the better. And um, and I expect you all back on Monday morning. So that that's that sort of think of it as a leadership style uh, uh, at that top left-hand corner. The bottom right-hand corner, where that's all about the safety and the protection, this would be a leader who says, look, until we have absolute certainty about what's happening, until we can guarantee your safety 100%, uh, there's just no point in trying to even think about business as usual or even starting up with business. So, you know, in the extreme, you know, just stay at home and we'll pick this up in a couple of years' time. And the concept of the secure base top right-hand corner would be, I know that you are concerned. I know that safety matters. I know that your health and your family's health matters. It matters to us as well. And we are going to do absolutely everything to provide an environment where that can happen. At the same time, 
Yes. We're excited about carrying on with our business. We're excited about serving our clients. We're excited about getting back into the office in a way that's responsible. And so in a very measured, safe, orderly way, we are going to work towards being back in the world as a successful organization and focus on safety. And both of those demands, drivers are legitimate. And the good leader, I would say the good parent, the good authority figure, is able to, their, through their spoken word and actions, sort of honor both legitimate needs for safety, but also for the need for business to get going again. If I apply this to an investment principles, what you're saying is you want safety, we need safety, we need the comfort of safety, but on the other hand, we cannot sacrifice risk for the sake of safety. In other words, we have to have a little mm-hmm. bit of risk. So you're playing not to lose, which is one of your cubes on your slides. You say playing not to lose. Playing not to lose yes. is fine. In other words, preservation of capital. But on the other hand, you don't want to miss out because when the upturn comes again, you have to take a little bit of risk. So you're playing one against the other. And it's a very difficult juggling act. Absolutely. So look, I'm not an investment professional, so I won't be uh, giving any investment advice. You just what I would what I will pick up though uh, is what you said about a juggling act. Yes. Uh, and what I would introduce, which people may have heard, is um, is the concept of a dilemma. Um, and obviously, everyone's heard of the word dilemma. But one way to think about what a dilemma is, and it's different to a problem. A problem to fix it. Okay. The problem of how to fly an airplane or make it fly is one that can be solved. A dilemma is something where you have two things that are true at the same time and they're never going to go away. A parenting dilemma is how do I, you know, give my children freedom but also have sufficient control. As a person working in the world, work-life balance is a dilemma. On the one hand, how do I commit to work? But on the other hand, how do I ensure that my health and I spend my time on family? A dilemma is something that No matter how clever your um, time management is, no matter how great your parenting is, every day you wake up, that dilemma is going to be alive. And actually the skill, what you call juggling, is actually to recognize that it is the skillful management of both sides of this legitimate conversation. So... Whether it's good being, how do I take sufficient risk in the markets or how do I get my uh, organization up and running again? Yes, it's going to be a dilemma because we have to do two things at the same time. Um, but almost sometimes what people realize is, oh, okay, that's quite freeing sometimes when we see things as a dilemma rather than a problem. Because you then recognize that it, that it's, that it is okay that this dynamic, if you will, uh, is continuing rather than having gone away. And uh, and uh, what is absolutely clear, and I have no more information on how corona is going to unfold than you do, but for the next, you know, uh, well, certainly until there's a vaccine and, and reasonable therapies, we are going to have this daily dilemma every time we step out of the door, every time we step into a restaurant, every time we try and get on an airplane, every time we get on the tube. How do I stay safe and how do I stay engaged in the world? This is very interesting. I've, I've just written something down on my little uh, scribble sheet here, which I'll come to right at the end of this conversation. But I want to go to a slide which says the following, bonding, the power mm. of the elastic band. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, so one other word which we have introduced um, along that 
safety uh, dimension, another word to call it, is that of bonding, which basically means the quality of the relationship, the strength of the relationship, the love in our personal lives, the care, the compassion, uh, the attentiveness. These are the these are the things that provide um, safety. Um, in the book, we called it caring. You know, so it's trying to find words which express the the, the richness and the quality of the human relationship. Okay, bonding. What I like to think of is our being a secure base is a bit like being an elastic band, a rubber band. And there are two reasons for that. The one is the thickness of a rubber band is a proxy for the the strength of the relationship with with which we have with another person. So you know, there there's really pathetic little rubber bands that you could slap uh, snap with your baby fingers, hmm. and then you there those really really thick ones that you would get in a hardware store that actually you couldn't even snap with with, with your full arms pulling on them. So that's the that's the strength of the relationship. But the reason I like it from the concept of secure base is. What is the function of, a, of an elastic band? Just sitting there on the table, it actually doesn't do very much. Okay? When an elastic band, the relationship, i.e., comes into its own when it is there to contain things that would otherwise sort of fall apart or want to, 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 to go away from each other. The importance of being a secure base, the importance of love, care, compassion, concern, high-quality relationships, is that it is the container during times of stress. It is the container during times of conflict, the container during times of high anxiety. And that rubber band can hold things together, whether an organization, whether a family system, whether a relationship. And so what I always say is, you know, because sometimes, especially when they these more tough, hardcore leaders, parents, sports coaches, whatever it is, people point to the tough, dominant, sort of, you know, archetypally alpha male. And they say, yeah, what about that one? Typically, they are not so good at holding it together when there is times of stress and anxiety and pressure. It's not a sustainable model. So the elastic band as a secure base is that's what contains things that would otherwise fly apart. This time of coronavirus, this time of re-entry into the world, there is going to be anxiety. There is going to be stress. Safety is going to be in question. If we can, as a leader or as a parent or as a colleague or a friend or a romantic partner, can be that container, that holding space, then it can flex and hold people's anxiety and concerns in the coming months. A key takeaways, which is your last slide, says the following. Focus on being a secure base in all aspects of your life. People want compassion, you go on to say, understanding and empathy. And they also want the truth. You also say that what has come out in the last few minutes uh, is that despite the fact that the financial services industry is very, very sophisticated and trading systems are very sophisticated and algorithmic systems are, are, are dominating certain parts of stock markets and other asset classes and daily prices, the fact is that from what you've said, that human beings are still running the system. And unless human beings are stable and have a, a secure base and are feeling safe, then it doesn't matter how many algorithmic programs you have, then they're useless unless you are safe as the human being that's actually writing these programs. Uh, very well said. Absolutely very well said. Um, 
I don't have a <laughs> have a particularly clever clever response to that as I as as I'm trying to sort of link what you're saying to the concept of secure base. Mm. Um, but but absolutely, uh, I would go back to your skyscraper um, uh, earlier. Uh, if any of those um, algorithms, if any of those things are built on shaky grounds or with or with the incorrect assumptions of how humans behave or what humans need, um, they will fail in in times of of stress. Yes, they will. And you're not an investment professional, but um, you are a, certainly a human professional <laughs> or a, a professional in the analysis of human behaviour. Duncan, would you say that despite the fact that we all moan a lot, uh, there have been some really good things that have come out of the coronavirus situation that we've endured for the last three to four months? There have been certain people that have come to the fore and raised a lot of money for the National Health Service, that sort of, of thing. Do you think in your wildest dreams that we may actually come out better and stronger as human beings because of what we've endured? You ask such a great question. And and I need to almost partition my answer into two very distinct parts. The first one is no good has come of this. Okay. You know that, I know that, your listeners know that. People have died. The, the economic uh, impact is only just beginning uh, in different parts of the world, it's showing up as a humanitarian disaster, a poverty disaster, a hunger disaster, um, and and there is nothing about it as a starting point that is that is positive or good, uh, and I, and I think we're still in the foothills of some of that at the moment. So 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 take that as 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 said and felt and understood. Let me then shift gears. I completely agree with you. The honest situation. For many people, and this is what we are hearing in our organization and, and a number of people that I speak to, is that for those people who have been fortunate enough, and it is a case of, of, of whether you have been fortunate enough because of your living conditions and your Wi-Fi, and that's why this you know, coronavirus has revealed uh, a whole aspect of privilege and social stratas and all of this socioeconomic stratas. But for those people who have been safe, Many people are telling me that they have felt healthier in this last month. They have appreciated not commuting. They have appreciated spending quality time with their families. Uh, a number of organizations, again, those who have been who are in this situation, um, have managed to explore and be successful with new ways of working. Um, and if we get through the economic uh, sort of re-emergence, I think that this period has uh, opened our eyes to, to to what's possible. It has proven uh, just how we can work in a more distributed manner. Uh, clearly, from a sustainability point of view, uh, this has been good for the environment during this period, just in terms of all the stuff that we're not doing that we normally do. And maybe there's a way to integrate that into the future. The other thing that I would say is that it's very easy to do all the bad boss stories and, um, you know, nightmare stories of bad bosses and bad organizations, and those are all true. It is also true, and certainly the experience that I've been having with leaders, is that the vast majority, and I'm not, you know, I'm talking 90% north of what I see, is that leaders have massively stepped up. Levels of compassion and understanding have have gone through the roof. Teams doing check-ins, uh, wellness providers, wellness services being made available, um, and so so I think a number of things have come to the fore. 
that um, that that are extremely positive, and and for organisations such as ours, as leaders around the world, um, the question is how do we take the best of this time and integrate it and fold it back into the call it quote unquote post corona world. So yes, I, I see a lot of a lot of positives. Um, but please don't confuse that with part A of what I said, that ultimately this is not a positive event for human beings. Well said, Duncan. Thank you very much for your time. That's Duncan Coombe, PhD, who is the head of Human Capital at 91 in London.